Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon and I are going to have a conversation with Dr. April Jones. April is going to share with us her story about when she was a young mother pursuing her doctorate degree and then found out that her two-year-old son was diagnosed with cancer. So how did she struggle with that? How, what was her secret to controlling her reaction to events that were beyond her control? And in telling her story, we'll be able to provide you with some tips to do the same for you. Maybe you're going through some events right now that are just beyond your control. So how do you control your own reaction to that, make the most of it, and find purpose in that struggle? But before we begin, if you haven't yet hit that subscribe button to whatever app you're listening to our show on, go ahead and do that. That way you never miss an episode of Beyond the Rut. Now that you've done that, let's begin. Here we go. All right, Brandon, how are you doing today on this fine afternoon cold front day in Corpus? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm, I'm refraining from finishing that line, uh, Mr. Rogers. I'm glad we're inside because it's yeah. a freezing 79, I think, outside Is it? or 80. <laughs> cool. Now, April doesn't. Oh, and we have April on the show. That's the whole reason why we're actually on here. Oh, that's and who that was, lady. And I just pointed at April on the screen. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, y'all don't know that April's on with us and who she is. Well, actually, you know who she is because I just said it in the intro that we do later on. But um, it is a disadvantage of an audio only podcast. People can't see us point to. Yeah, <laughs> and I know better because we've been doing this for like four years. Um, but April may not know this, but in Corpus Christi, Texas, it is hot all the time. Like. 90 degrees and higher most of the year. So when it gets down to like below 80, actually when it gets into the 80s, we're like, it's a cold day. Get off the blankets and you know, long sleeve shirts and stuff. And it's actually 66 out right now. Right now? I don't believe you. I think your iPhone's broken. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, the reason why we have April on with us is, um, not to see two guys like really fall down in the whole ADHD spiral. She's but, a meteorologist. No, she is not. She's <laughs> a pharmacist by trade, uh, and an author just published a book, uh, No Mess, No Message, and talking about how our struggles become our strength and our our uh, pain can become our purpose uh, or we find purpose from pain. And you know, I, I messed up your tagline, but I know that the essence of it was that. So how are you doing, April? Hey, I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on today. Awesome. I love that duality, like hyperactive Brandon and I, and then you just come on all mellow and ready yeah. to go and poised. <laughs> um, so thank you for being the sanity between among the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got, oh, oh, go I live ahead. in a, I live in a house full of fellas. So, you know, like I'm used to that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so we might be a break. We're like, they're not as hyper as my boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now we met through, um, book launchers, uh, Sarah Bean. And uh, I met Sarah at podcast movement 2019 over in Orlando, Florida. And she said, Hey, I know some authors and one of them is April Jones and she's got this book. I think she'd be a great guest on your show. And when she shared me uh, with me more information about you, I said, yes, that'd be awesome to have you on. Um, how did I'm like, 
Brandon? You just kind of stopped. I, like, I did because I wanted to ask a question, but then you know, another question really popped good. in my head. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of letting pause do its thing. And so anyway, uh, I was going to ask Brandon's typical question and then it popped in my head like, hey, Brandon usually asks this. Why am I asking it? And then that's that's the whole pause right there. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, but anyway, I was going to ask uh, – so in writing this book, No Mess, No Message, uh, what was kind of the driving force behind it? Uh, tell us about what led up to uh, you putting that book together. When I decided that I was going to start writing this book, um, I didn't know that it was going to be a book yet. I was going through, you know, something kind of challenging um, personally. It had been years um, since Tyler had had cancer, um, but we, you know, we were still, de- we were still dealing with some things we were, uh, facing an upcoming major surgery and, um, and making some major life decisions. And I decided, uh, I wanted to, uh, do some, you know, self, uh, exploration, I guess you could say to just really kind of determine like how, why do I go about decision-making and things, or, uh, when I face major challenges, why do I approach, approach things in the way that I do? And, you know, what am I really, um, what's my mechanism of action, I guess. And, um, so I started, you know, kind of purging onto, onto pages. Um, and I really started to unearth a lot of feelings that I had suppressed that I didn't, some of them, I didn't even know that I had when, um, going through when, when my son had cancer. And, um, it really made me realize that the things that I had went through really had impacted, um, the way that I am now, even though that might have seemed like, you know, a million miles away. Um, I had learned, you know, some things through that struggle for sure. Um, and I also realized that, you know, through each painful instance that I could really recall in my life, um, even though at the time I didn't see it in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, that indirect path that I was on was the path that was for me, even though sometimes I felt like, you know, I wasn't heading in the direction I was supposed to go and um, that it all really compiled to make the life that 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 was mine and the life that I was supposed to have. And so I, I started journaling. I thought, you know, I, I had done a blog before, um, but not on things that were like faith-based or emotional. It was more on leadership and motivating your staff for change and things like that. Um, because in my role as um, not just a pharmacist, but I had my master's in business and um, had primarily been in administration type roles. And so um you know, I always wanted to be, um, a good leader. And so, um, so I, I kind of focused my energy on that type of writing, but this was very different and it was very personal. And, um, I thought, you know, if, if nothing else, maybe at some point I could blog about it to help other moms that are dealing with childhood cancer. And, um, so I wrote, you know, here and there, and then life got busy as it does, and I kind of <laughs> tabled it for a while. Yeah, and um, and so what happened was is um, about two years ago, um, a very dear friend of mine, I talk about her in the book, but we grew up together, 
And um, actually, her son and my son were the same age. And when they were young, and um, they were both at the pediatric um, hospital together, um, her son, Wesley, was diagnosed with um, brain tumors, but they were benign. And of course, Tyler had cancer, um, but it was in his foot. So we were actually went through some treatment things kind of at the same time. And then, you know, as things kind of got better and life got crazy, like we didn't stay in touch quite as often, but we stayed in touch. And then when um, two years ago, uh, Wesley got diagnosed with stage four glioblastoma. And so his diagnosis changed, you know, obviously dramatically and they didn't give him very long left. And, um, Angela was very, very strong, um, very graceful throughout the process, just very open, um, and would answer people's question and talk. And then, Closer near the end of Wesley's life, she um, started struggling a little bit with um, answering questions and sharing people and sharing with people and just, you know, wearing that positive facade that a lot of times we we have to do for, you know, for our own, you know, kind of protection, really. And um, so I shared with her what I had journaled and said, you know, I don't know if this will help you, but, you know, I definitely struggled with some similar feelings and uh, maybe it'll just, if nothing else, give you an opportunity to kind of step outside of your situation and read about someone else's. And um, so even though we were friends, I think uh, definitely a lot of what I wrote um, were things that she, you know, had not been privy to. And, um, you know, she called me crying and she was like, I just, you know, I love this. It's so helpful. Like you have to you have to finish this. And, um, I thought, how on earth am I going to have time to finish a book? (laughs) (laughs) I got all this free time. I'm just sitting around. Sure. (laughs) And, um, so, but, uh, it was important to me. Um, and I committed to sending her a chapter every month until the book was done. And I did that for essentially the next, almost the next year. Um, and then I started working with book launchers in February And it really helped me, um, you know, like that process really did help me understand a lot of, you know, who did I want to help? Was it just other parents that had, were dealing with childhood cancer? Um, was this going to be a book about faith? Um, was it going to be, um, a book about, um, just, you know, like, um, very, I don't want to say cookie cutter, but I th- I feel like there's a lot of books on the market about, you know, strengthening the kind of um, general knowledge. Type stuff. Yeah. Um, g- motivational books. There's a lot of general right. motivational books. Um, or did I, you know, was I looking at something different? And the nice thing about looking at book launcher, uh, working with book launchers is that I really got, they helped me so much. And through that process and creative coaching, really making it the best book that it could be. But also it was the message that I wanted to share and I could dictate what that looked like at the end. And what I wanted, what I realized that I really wanted was something painfully honest um, something that was, um, you know, not something that you're not going to read about somewhere else because, um, I really wanted it to be authentic and I wanted to share all of the ugly feelings that we have, but show that it's okay. And you can still, um, change the way that, that you react to things when you don't like, uh, what things look like. I love that concept because you're using some bad stuff, as you say, the mess, but 
to put out a message. And I know especially moms tend to just kind of wear all of that behind the scenes, but publicly they're, they're strong and they're caring and loving and everything else. But then a lot of times you'll just collapse in the bathroom when you get home because everybody's asleep. Nobody can see it, but giving permission to other parents to, to be honest and authentic in their feelings, but also be safe that they're not going to be judged. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad or, you know, even express joy in a situation that's terrible. And, and your book mm-hmm. kind of does that. It, it gives the permission to, to have real authentic feelings. Thank you. Yeah. I really hoped that the reader would, that would be one of their big takeaways for sure. There's one uh, kind of line I, I noticed on your website about, you know, the secret to controlling your reaction to events beyond your control. And I, I'm sure is especially when you're dealing with a small child that's scared and, you know, doesn't want to go to the doctor. None of us want to go to the doctor 99 percent of the time. So you're having to put on a positive attitude because this is the situation. You can't control it. You can't prevent it. You just have to go into it. What was kind of your mindset going into those kind of things? How do you, how do you reach people in that sense? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, Back to the show. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's true. Even, um, yes, like you say, like the moms that are are with the kids at the hospital or, you know, even um, one of the things that I've learned in kind of uh, in leadership or in healthcare is that, you know, we're always there for a re you know, we're at work for a reason where our, our focus is to be compassionate and to take care of others. Um, and in the meanwhile, we may be falling apart ourselves on the other side. And there's definitely a pressure and a responsibility that we have to really keep those worlds kind of separate and apart um, so that we can do what we need to do for, for our uh, role and for others. Um, so um, I feel like I really did learn as I, as I went back and looked at, you know, the way that I dealt with uh, the situation, I was in pharmacy school at the time. Um, so it was my, it was my second year of the doctorate program. And, um, and I did that very well. I feel like um, I was able to kind of put on a happy face and then it was really only, you know, when I was kind of alone or, um, you know, with my husband that I could just kind of exhale and right. be like, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not okay. And, um, and I think um, there, I, I would like, I guess I would like to say, you know, like um, what helped me 
the most is kind of understanding that um, I talk in my book about Todd and Dawn. So I think that was the real thing that really changed my perspective. Um, so they were friends of ours who actually, um, he was a, uh, Todd was a police officer with my husband, Billy. And a couple of years before that, uh, they had lost their son at this, at the same, um, he had a different diagnosis, but at the same, you know, institution that we were at. And, um, they were very supportive of us going through our struggles. And that was very eye opening for me because, um, you know, for me, I felt like I was, it was so hard to deal with what we were dealing with in the meantime. And to me, like, like my son passing away would be the worst thing that could happen. And like, so if the worst thing that could happen happened, how would I be able to deal with that? You know, how could I move on from that? And I think, and and it was because I kind of like analyzed through this situation, like at first, which I was young, but like at first when Tyler got, when we found out he had a tumor, I was like, okay, well, you know, he has a tumor, but, and we had a misdiagnosis. And so I was like, he has a tumor, but it's not cancer. So we just have to deal with this and everything will be okay. And then after they removed the tumor, we found out that it was cancer. So we were like, what do I do now? Like, this is as bad as it gets. And then I realized this is not as bad as it gets (laughs) because what if he, what if he doesn't make it? And then that was a very real scary possibility as he didn't respond to chemo. And so having Todd and Don there and be so spiritual, um, so strong, so giving and compassionate and helpful to other families who were dealing with cancer. I was like, wow, there, you know, even if the worst happens, I can still find strength. I can still find purpose and we can still make this through, even though that's not what I want to happen. And I think that was really what allowed, that's really what brought me um, through that situation in a lot of ways, because it helped me realize that like, you know, I didn't know what God's plan was and I had to be okay with that. Uh, but at the same time, I also had to trust him to bring us through. Right. And using that bad situation to bring good and bring some hope and some encouragement to other people, you realize that you could, if, if the worst happens, the worst happens. Are you going to waste that or are you going to use that for some other bigger purpose? And I love that you've turned it around and, and said, you know, I'm going to use this to help. There's other moms coming up behind me and dads that that need this. I'm going to hopefully put this in their hands so that they can be encouraged by all of this. And I like how you've written this because it, it comes along. Uh, you can get a study uh guide with it too. So this could be a small book study of maybe for people that don't realize other people are, are struggling with this kind of thing. A small book study or a small group study? Well, you can small you can study a very small book if you've got good glasses, <laughs> or you could just get a group and study small groups. <laughs> or you could do a book study in a small group. That's probably- I, I had to clarify because I'm very literal and I was like, small book study. <laughs> hand out mm. these little one inch by one inch. I know that that's here. exactly what popped in my head. So I needed to clarify. I think you mean small group, right? So that was kind of my next question. Are, <laughs> are you moving this into making a, a study? What kind of feedback are you getting from that standpoint? 
Um, so I do have the companion journal on um, on my website for for completely free. Um, anyone can just do it as a digital download. Um, and I've had several people do that. Um, I, I'm not aware of group of small groups that have done that yet, but my book just came out two right. weeks ago. <laughs> so um, yeah, or three, I think three now. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it's early on, but I would definitely love um, you know to hear feedback and, and see if, if anyone be, because one of the biggest things and one of the reasons why I really um, wrote the companion journal in the way that I did where you can use it as a self-study or you can do it and it encourages small group um, work together because one of the things that uh, when I really when I really prayed about, you know, like how, how do I share my message in a way that those that need it the most can relate? I realized that, um, you know, the, the point of no mess, no message is that we all have adversity. We, we all struggle with something that feels overwhelming and just feels, um, you know, bigger than us and um, bigger than God. And we have to remind ourselves and teach ourselves that, you know, there we do have, um, we have, not only do we have content um, in the Bible solid to help direct us and guide us and, and how we should be feeling or what we should do next. Um, you know, we, uh, so, so our God is bigger than our situation and we are not alone. Like, even if you're, even when I think so often when we're dealing with the worst of the worst, we feel like our situation is so unique, um, and that no one could possibly understand what we're going through. And I, and I feel that, um, while that may be true in terms of your immediate environment, everyone has their own version of adversity. So, um, you absolutely can find the ability to lean on others. And, and even if you did feel like you haven't done, you haven't found that person yet, or you haven't been um, able to connect to someone in that way yet, uh, we have to remind ourselves that, you know, Jesus went through every type of adversity that we could imagine. So, we are not alone in that either. You know, if you think about his life and being um, tempted and persecuted and, um, you know, ultimately paying the, um, the biggest sacrifice, um, he, you know, if we're willing to have a relationship with him, then, um, you know, he's there when we have, when we feel like we have no one else. Did you find as you, you, kind of got into this group of moms and dads that are dealing with this kind of issue that maybe did you ever feel guilty that maybe your situation wasn't as bad as somebody else's? Because I find sometimes people are like, well, I'm going through this, but I'm keeping it to myself because I know people have it worse than me. And we kind of achieved that attitude of I shouldn't complain or or lean on anyone because other people have it much worse. How How did you kind of balance that? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, we had, you know, we've had several friends who have passed away. Um, I dedicate the book to, f- to four of them. So, you know, um, the one I'm taught in Donson, Shay, and then my friend Angela, her son. And we had two other very good friends that kind of did treatment at the same time as Tyler that um, eventually passed away. One was just last year. And, um, Madeline was, uh, I, I talk about her in the book and it was, she was, um, it was only a few years out. So, uh, she was in, in grade school and, um, I, 
it, it's definitely a fine line because as a friend, you want to uplift each other and right. you want to lean on each other. And so when your circum when their circumstances are not good and yours are good or vice versa, um, it can almost it, it can put boundaries on the relationship. Right. Um, so it, it is really important that um, you kind of you even though you're going through so much, I think in those friendships, you have to, um, how do I say it? You have to, um, be aware. You have to be aware of of how they're feeling and, and allow each other to vent and to lean. And it has to be, you have to make a safe place. It has to be a safe place. And, and, um, and when you, the thing that I learned the most, I think, um, especially from my friend Brandy was that, when we did get a good report or something good was going and for a while, her daughter Madeline was in remission. So, um, you know, it's important to also be able to celebrate with those friends. So, and, and they want to celebrate with you just as you would want to celebrate with them, even if your situation was the one that was worse. So, um, you know, finding the, um, the illness is not, should not be a boundary. It should be, I mean, it can become your common ground and what bonds you, but then moving forward after that, then it's just, it's a friendship like any other. Right. And, and unfortunately it's not a group you wanted to be a part of, but you are. And so you have to figure out how you can make that safe for all feelings and expressions. And, and when you have that closeness, you can be angry. You know, it's, it's okay to be angry at God. I I tell people this a lot. He's a big God. He can handle your little fit, you know, and you, you being angry, it's just don't stay there provide a place for somebody to vent, but let's not leave them there. Let's, let's help walk them out of that. The, the other kind of business that you're in, or I guess the ultimate business that you're in, is this business of encouragement. I love your website, The Drifted Drum. That, that's such a great name. Can you talk a little bit about how you came up with that or how that came about? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Um, so my son, Tyler, who uh, is uh, – now I'm proud to say a, um, it's been long enough now, I guess we could call him a cancer survivor. He is turning 18 this year. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. And, um, he became an amputee due to the cancer. Uh, but he has not let that stop him. He competed in Ireland last year with the, like a, with the USA junior team, um, uh, adaptive team. And he, um, is, um, very active in almost every sport. He's, he plays wheelchair basketball. He um, runs track and field with a running blade. He loves, loves, loves rock climbing. Um, he um, really just embraces life and he has kind of an old soul for sure. He wants <laughs> to encourage other people. And um, this summer we were actually even on, um, a, a docu-series and listening to his interview um, was really kind of eye-opening. Cause I think, you know, those that are closest to us that we're with every day, sometimes we don't, you know, we don't step back and really just say, wow, you know, about who they are, what they're doing and, or what their, um, what their motivations are. And 
Tyler shared that, you know, it wasn't really just his competitive nature to um, really overcome this disability that's kind of become part of who he is, but more so it's his um, conviction of feeling like he not, you know, he's ha- he's known so many to uh, to pass away early from cancer. And um, he's been given this gift that he has to make use of it. And so he feels very driven um, to just uh, uplift others and encourage others and make the most of his life that he can. Um, and so that was just really eye opening. So when I was writing this book and, you know, finishing up and kind of tying it together, um, we talked about, um, we talked about what, the, what this would look like and, um, you know, what we would want others to get out of it. And, you know, I wanted to make sure he felt comfortable with me sharing about him and his story as well. You know, it's not just my story right. and, um, <laughs> and my husband too, that was a definitely, that was a different conversation, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, but, um, t- you know, Tyler helped me come up with the drifted drum drifted meaning, um, washed up and used up and not new. And he feels like he's kind of like that. He's went through a lot of hard things, but then drum as being something that is good over and over again, that you can just refill and, um, you know, overflow and pour out. And, you know, that's what we want to do with our life and God's goodness is just be filled and overflow it and help everyone around us. And, um, and that's, um, I think that's really become like, our passion and our mission. And um, so Tyler worked to create kind of um, his own apparel line and I have the published work and then I'm coaching uh, a couple of other authors to potentially be drifted drum authors um, to help them share their story as well. Cause I think one of the things that, um, you know, is important to us is uh, to share is that, there are inspiration store, inspirational stories all around you. Everyone deals with hard things. Um, you have to just look for it. You have to just open your eyes and connect with people and look for them. And you'll really be surprised about the strength and accomplishment that's around you that you never see below the surface. Right. I, I love that. On your, on your website, it has the definition of drifted. And one line in it is forced... Uh, as a result of outside force with no control over direction, it's like you end up here. wasn't your fault. You didn't do anything wrong, but that's where you are. So you start from where you are. And, and, and then the drum part, of course, a vessel or container, it's like you use that to pour out someplace else rather than just be mad about where you're at. You're there. So it wasn't mm-hmm. your fault, but how are you going to use that? So I would highly recommend anyone go to the driftedrum.com. It, it'll be in the show notes, of course. And I know uh, that you're located there in uh, Tennessee. And if anybody, you know, wants to come by your home or, or maybe just, you know, sit around in your front yard, what's your home address? Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somebody's going to fall for that sometime. I do have a really big yard, so yeah. <laughs> so Don't bring it to me. I, I heard translation in that is so if you try it, <laughs> it, it is it is Tennessee. People tend to have guns, uh, like in Texas. Uh, so you know, be aware of that. It's a fine balance between hospitality there and you then go. you know protecting your domain, right? Exactly. I know that uh, one of the things that uh, 
I, I wanted to bring up also because obviously you're doing it on my birthday, I assume because of me, uh, but you're going to have a free no pity party. Can you oh talk a little bit about that? I would love to. And that's Tyler's <laughs> birthday too. He's turning 18. So you guys awesome. are, me too. are practically 20s. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people would say I'm 18. He's probably way more um, mature than me, but okay. <laughs> I'm super excited by the No Pity Party. This is kind of the first one of, I hope, many to come um, in different cities. Um, so I'm working on some plans for uh, a, a Jonesboro, Arkansas event, um, an event near Memphis, one in Nashville. Um, but the No Pity Party is starting in Alamo, Tennessee. So um, it's kind of the place where uh, Billy and I grew up. So where I started and just kind of um, understanding that, um, well, from a couple of directions. One is I have uh, for several years been very involved in, um, you know, nonprofits and charitable organizations. Um, and one of the things that I've realized as, um, a, a, as an advocate, but also, you know, as a mom, that there was a time where I really needed resources and I didn't know where to go to get them, um, to get Tyler connected to other kids like him, to get, um, you know, whether there was grants available or things like that to help him, um, with specialized prosthetics or things like that. I have learned about all of those things with time, but I've met a lot of people who are so, you know, have went for a long time without understanding it. And one of the things that, um, I've become very passionate about that uh, is connecting other people to resources that they may need and, and raising awareness and, um, and, you know, nonprofits often um, set like they don't budget a lot for marketing because they're doing everything that they can with the money that they get right. to support their mission. So it's really kind of like a double edged sword that you have to, you know, you have to figure out good ways to do fundraising and, and, um, and marketing of course is needed to grow any business, no matter what your mission is, but then it takes away from the bottom dollar, but you need it to get more money. So, you know, it's one of those things. So exactly. when I thought about that, I wanted to have an event that helps people be aware of all of the good things that are happening in their town that, so a, they know how to get resources when they need it and what is there um, locally for them. And then on the other hand, how do they get involved in things that they're passionate about? Because I think one of the biggest healing factors for me has been helping other people right. um, see hope and have courage and change their perspective. And so, you know, I've, that's very important to me. So even in a town as small as Alamo, I felt like that is necessary there. And so I knew that I wanted, so I knew that I wanted to go there and kind of share my message and I wanted to connect them. So it become kind of like a nonprofit vendor fair. And then, um, I wanted it to be also kind of like uh, a celebration. So that's why it's called a party. And, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so a celebration of coming together and helping each other and knocking down these walls that we have that we try to put ourselves in when we're dealing with difficulty um, to really you know, build connections so that we can like, lean on each other. Um, 
And so I'm do, uh, there's also going to be a, uh, like a, a worship service, like a, uh, basically a Christian concert. Um, and then it's going to be intermingled with motivational speakers and not, you know, not celebrities, people who are involved in <laughs> right. these charity organizations that can say, this is my purpose because this is the pain that I had. And so that other people can see, wow. They got through this. They're just like me. I can do this too. Um, so that was really, really important to me. That's really good because a lot of people miss the financial side of cancer. You know, we we deal with the pain and the and the depression and different issues that you have to kind of get through. But it's also an enormous financial drain on a family, especially when you start talking prosthetics and and you know mm-hmm. physical therapy and all of that kind of stuff to just recover we sometimes miss that it's not just emotional and spiritual you also need financial help and knowing where those resources are can mean the difference between actually getting better or being able Mm -hmm. to do things that like he's doing with the uh, racing and and different uh, athletic events it's like you need help getting there and that can change somebody's whole perspective And I've learned about so many organizations. Um, We've benefited through some of them. Um, We've been fortunate enough, you know, that I've just been able to, for some of them, I've just been able to share with other people. Um, But I'm super happy because really when you think about any type of adversity, almost any adversity that you go through has some type of financial component as well as emotional. And um, so we really have a broad spectrum that night of, uh, of speakers and organizations represented. Um, I have a young girl who is a beauty queen and uh, they're uh, local to, to Crockett County in Jackson, Tennessee, who was going to be talking on uh, suicide prevention. Um, her, she lost a, a dear friend while she was in middle school um, to suicide. Um, I have someone speaking on addiction um, we have the guys from Crucial Conversation podcast who are going to be sharing really, you know, why they started their podcast. Um, we have uh, my friend Angela who lost her son Wesley. So she actually started uh, the Wesley Warriors Foundation, which helps those um, the financial impact packs of families that can't work because they're there uh, with, with their child that's that's uh, been diagnosed with cancer. So even though they might not be left with a ton of medical bills, they still have extraneous costs. And a lot of times they don't have this PTO built up or FMLA right. that they can rely on. Um, so her organization helps those families that have um, this cost burden. Um and then uh, there's a, a organization there um, called NOAA that helps with uh, not just ca- patients diagnosed with cancer, but uh, lots of like other terminal illnesses or things like that um, that have suffered impact. I, ha- I think I have, uh, yeah, we have the Carl Perkins Center that's coming. Um, someone from uh, that, um, her uh, daughter was... Um, died at the age of six from a um, heart defect and she um, has a foundation that helps put um, the uh, ADTs in um, churches and daycares and places like that. That's good. Yes. So really just so many great stories of people that did not let the worst situation in their life bring them down, but really 
build on that and figure out how do I help other people prevent um, this type of tragedy. That's so good. So if people want to get in touch with you and maybe find out about this, uh, how to get to this pity party and find out more about you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, absolutely. Um, the uh, So the drifteddrum.com is my website. And at the bottom, there is uh, a link to sign up for my newsletter. And also there's a contact me where you can email me directly at the drifted drum at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, I'd love to hear if you are in a position where you think that you would like us to come and host a pity party, a no pity party in your town, um, then, you know, definitely reach out to me. We'll see if it's something that we can get on our schedule. Um, I'm really excited about it. I, uh, I, I called it the no pity party because I feel very strongly that when you're dealing with something difficult, the last thing you need is pity. Right. So you need resources, you need faith, you need to be able to, um, you need hope, you need to be able uh, to find your people find people that can help you you know like um and i'm not really going through anything right now but i would like a pity party if if somebody would be interested in throwing (laughs) me a pity party i'm i'm okay with that too (laughs) but we're we're also going to put all of that in the show notes so if you're driving or working out and you're listening to this and you want to get involved or get connected or maybe you know organizations in and around either your area or tennessee that could be connected to this then uh, get in touch and and let's put these people in the right place so we can help more people and uh, help April do even more for uh, the situation that she's been through. And thank you so much, April, for joining us and just coming on and telling your story. Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys having me and I appreciate what you guys are doing about, um, you know, helping people get out of their ruts. Um, it's, it's very easy to, uh, very easy to find ourselves in a rut and sometimes um, you have to do something completely different than you've ever done before to uh, to see your way out of it if you like everything you heard in this episode be sure to check out the show notes at beyond the rut.com slash 200 that's right this was our 200th episode we're so excited to bring this content to you each and every week there in the show notes you'll find the link to april's book no mess no message as well as a variety of other resources we're so glad you joined us this week and we look forward to joining you next week so until then go live life beyond the rut take care You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.